The Spread Show. Welcome to a very special edition of The Spread, aka The Work, our 2019 wrestling year in review. Uh, we have everyone here. Yeah. Very surprising. Me, Aunt Rich, and Jim. Um, We've been working on this for a little bit. Jim, you put together possibly the greatest Google Doc of all time, <laughs> which was really nice. I've never seen so much stuff color-coded and uh, really just patterned out the, this way. And you had our last year's stuff, too, which was fun to look back on. Yeah. So we'll go over that stuff. We'll go over uh, our best of the year, uh, some predictions that we made. But overall, I think we just want to talk and see what the hell happened in 2019. Right? Yeah, not much. <laughs> so we uh, we obviously had some, some big things at AEW pop up. Um, lots of player movement, as they would say in the biz. Mm-hmm. And just some general, a lot of general out-of-the-ring news, I would say. Correct? Yeah, it was a lot of, like, the stuff we didn't think would happen would happen. And then the things we expected to happen didn't. It was... The whole year just felt like it was it was basically a, like the wait what kind of moment like perpetual yeah yes I agree that happened way too much uh, for not in the ring actually with WWE there was a lot of that in the mm-hmm. ring too so I'll give them that um, what do you want to do first I kind of wanted to talk just a little bit about 2019 the, the new stuff the uh, weird stuff just a couple things that we had all as takeaways. Um, and my my takeaway, I guess there was a few, but the whole AEW thing was all obviously awesome yep. uh, to see another promotion pop up that had money behind it. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me in reviewing this stuff for the last two weeks was that New Japan was actually incredible <laughs> and blew everyone out of the water. Yeah. Got swept on, huh? Yeah. So many of the Unbelievable. So that surprised me the most. I'm going to... I'm resubscribing to New Japan uh, for Wrestle Kingdom. So, um, and, you know, everyone else can sit on the back seats. For me, it's just New Japan and NXT right now. Um, so, those are my two biggest stories. And then, obviously, you know, we have a, a couple moments and stuff we'll talk about in our awards. But those are the two things that stuck out the most. What about you, Rich? What were are just a couple things for you that were like, I don't know, just stuck out? Kind of like the. I don't know whether it was a rise or the return of Osprey being... What? The rise of Osprey. I can't hear you, brother. Oh. <laughs> Wait, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, I'm talking about like the rise or the return of Osprey to being top three in the world for me. Yeah, like, he was uh, absolutely His insane. stretch of like two months, he was trying to break necks and just... His own necks sometimes. Yeah, yeah. it was insane. His uh, Every match was just like, how, wow, like I don't know how he's doing this. I think he stuck out the most for me, and I don't know if you'll agree with this, Jim, but on the main stages, I feel like it wasn't as impactful in ring, and everything Osprey did was really next level. But this wasn't like a great year of like iconic matches. I think there were a lot of iconic matches out there that happened this year, but I think the volume of them kind of lowered the bar to a certain extent where you're just like wow i mean we look at like wednesdays right like just every week since october lots of great wrestling and you're just like holy cow it's almost like a sensory overload 
to a certain extent. We're so inundated with really, really good wrestling that it's kind of as a whole making it kind of seem not as great. Are you? Do you feel like you're going to go back and watch these years like the, um, you know, some of those Bullet Club Kenny years or some of the Okada years? Like, are you going to go back and, I mean, because for me it's going to be some Osprey stuff, but some of the major actual stars in the business this year didn't really produce to their usual level. So that's kind of what I just feel like it was a not a down year. It was still a good year, but it just wasn't like one of those years where it's like, okay, I'm going to go back and watch because this year was insane from from bell to bell. Yeah, I think there's a lot of those matches from this year's G1, this year's Super J Cup and Best of Super Juniors that are definitely ones that are going to hold up a little bit. You're going to want to go back and watch them a couple times at least. But there's also definitely. there's also just been a lot of really good matches that I haven't had a chance to see, like stuff that was at the Scenic City Invitational that I still need to get around to, a lot of stuff happening on the independent scene. It might be a little bit harder just because there's so much out there that I still want to see and trying to catch up on that. That makes sense. Um, did you have anything else besides Osprey, Rich? Just the Wednesday Night Wars. Like, it's... Well, for that first that month, it exists. that it exists, <laughs> just that it exists in general. Like I, I thought they'd get TNT, but I didn't really think they'd get TNT. If that really makes, like, we were hoping for. I it. was hoping for it, but I was like, it's gonna be like on L Ray Network or something like that. I was like, oh, I was like, but then all of a sudden you hear the rumble ins, rumble ins, and you're like, they're really gonna get it, and then they got it, and I was like, fuck, you're gonna see them on NBA. Um, inside of the NBA, they're gonna have promos when they run the NBA on Thursday night games, and it, they're act, like they're really here. And then uh, Moxley showed up, Jericho's the champion, and just I don't know, just weird. And I can't wait to see all the, when the contracts do expire next year because there's some interesting names that I'm excited to see what they do. For sure, yeah. No, I mean that obviously you don't get this uh, this kind of buzz every year. Yeah, <laughs> in the wrestling world. What about you, Ant? Did you have a couple things uh, that you were <clears throat> in or out true, on? Keeping true to being a WWE guy, uh, I thought it was kind of an interesting year, especially with the uh, with the World Championship, uh, with their main title. Without Roman kind of being pushed down your, our throat, I feel like we've seen a lot of highs. Uh, and I feel like there were some lows in, in them kind of searching, still searching to, to fill the gap and find that guy. I don't know. I thought it was an interesting year as far as that world – uh, World Heavyweight Championship, some ups and some downs, some some good experiments and uh, some stuff that didn't go as well. Yeah, I think we always have to look back at WrestleMania season. It was a really good build, Yeah, um, and there were some good things that happened during Mania too. So I think, uh, you know, the, when you look at where, where it counted for WWE, they did have some good hits this year. True. There's a lot to just completely skip, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean... As far as I don't think we technically are going to be going over any like promotion of the year award, right, Jim? It's mostly the show. Yeah, I think the only one we have is like pay per view or show of the year. What do you guys? What would you guys say? Like, is your show or your uh, your I guess brand of the year? Oh, mine's NXT. Really? Yeah, yeah. I could see that NXT had. I don't. I th- I actually had less expectation for NXT this year. I feel like their roster was deep, but not as star studded. Yeah. yeah, 
and they just kept adding people and seemed like those some guys were never going to get a chance. Creating more stars. Yeah, and then it's like, I I don't know. They just did it. They yeah. just were able to continue their success, even like bumping into um, the Wednesday night thing and running bigger venues, kind of losing that early NXT feel. Yeah. Um, I think they still had a really great year. Yeah. Very surprising that they were able to keep this momentum for so long with WWE hanging over the top of them. Yeah. And well, it was weird because in the beginning of the year, March, all of a sudden Vince is like, hey, Triple H, I need your five best guys. Yeah. And <laughs> You tricked them, though. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you yeah. tricked them and gave them the fake best guys at first. and then Or that was in, like, February, Yeah, right? February. And then, yeah. So they had Ricochet, like, Aleister Black. Yeah, and yeah. DIY. And yep. then... I was like, he, thank God he didn't send like Velveteen and them up. Oh God, yeah. Because Vince would have been like, oh no, I'm keeping him. Yeah. Um, I do think the brand, for me, it has to be AEW. I mean, yeah. we kind of lose sight of we're we're putting him hand in hand with NXT and, and WWE, but for a, a new brand just to hop on TNT like that and go mainstream and still get the numbers that they did, um, and they're continuing to do good. Like we said, we keep doing it week to week with, as comp- compared to NXT, but. For a brand to just hop in like that, um, I think it's AEW. Yeah, <laughs> both of those, uh, both of those brands are should be just super proud of what they're doing. Especially, yeah, like Ant said, AEW. It's brand new. A lot of those guys didn't have a ton of exposure yep. before coming over. Like their main star stars were pretty over with wrestling fans, but casual. Who knows? I know their numbers are like up and down. They're dipping, and people are st- starting to like kind of chill on them but but just overall as yeah. far as cable television goes yeah i mean it's a huge number definitely successful and they have a lot of guys they can throw at you in yeah. the future and they popped that was the first 1.2 million yeah i, they was, have, I mean they put big numbers up yeah i was like holy hell like i thought they would get like 900 800k and, and one thing they stayed true number. to is you know they haven't panicked or anything they've kind of yeah. stayed the course and are giving you their young guys and still trying to develop these guys and kind of show you who they are I think, you know, that weekly television, that's just impossible almost. But as long as your pay-per-views deliver, yeah, yeah. you know, I think that's what they're great at. And all those guys are big pay-per-view guys. Well, so uh, what about you, Jim? Well, and to kind of go off of Ant's point, I mean, if we look at the bigger picture outside of just October, since the announcement. Mox-tober. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Like, <laughs> since AEW was announced, how many things have shifted in the world of professional wrestling that may not have shifted otherwise. Would we have had NXT moving to USA? Would we have had big talent like John Moxley leaving? There's all these just questions that come up and it's something you see like Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer get all the time. It's like, oh, what happened if they wouldn't have done this and this and this? And it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, you don't know, but we do know that just the sheer announcement caused waves and changes to happen. Because it even affected New Japan. New Japan got hot at them for a minute. Seriously, too. yeah, yeah. It, I mean, and look at ROH now. Oof. That yeah. whole promotion is just—I am not the talent. Like, there's still very talented people there, but that place has gone into a complete free fall. Joey Mercury is murdering them on Twitter, um, and that Klein. showing yeah. in New York that you guys were hyped about. New Japan killed it. Yeah. ROH, what the fuck are you yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah. Like that was like the beginning of the end for ROH. I feel not not necessary, but that was like a very public beginning of the end for ROH, yeah. despite them having Pivotal talent. Moment. ROH had such a bad year 
that you forget that impact was on a channel where like most of its programming was like DIY hunting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, that's super strange. It sucks for such an iconic wrestling brand of the modern era, at least to just fall apart like that. So um, quickly. I felt like, yeah, it just, it just happened fast. There was too many contracts getting snapped up. Um, and I don't think they really carved out an identity either. Yeah. Cause I, I think ROH fans, always will be fine with those longer technical matches mm -hmm. and it's just like we'll just go get we gotta get stars we gotta get people and get some talent in here and it's like i don't know if that's you can have a niche like you can be nwa look at what they're doing yeah. tna is uh or impact has completely reinvented themselves mm -hmm. into a very solid promotion so a lot of good wrestling and roh just couldn't figure out how to do it <laughs> um anything else for 2019 jim yeah uh I think my biggest takeaway from 2019 was talent finding new creative freedom, like across the board. If you look at like John Mox, I think John Moxley's probably the biggest example where he got out of the WWE system. He makes one appearance in Vegas and you feel everything changed. You see a guy who has that zeal, that, that thirst hunger for what he loves. You see Jericho just, Jericho managed to get like an eight word line over and sell it at like $49 a bottle. Like, right. like, and then even if you look at like NWA, like Aaron Stevens, the former Damian Sandow, he's doing some incredible things creatively on that show. Like it's been really interesting to watch all these guys kind of get out of their old system and into something new and to a certain extent kind of reinvent themselves. I, yeah, and I think the some promotions just doing that too, like mm -hmm. NWA, the way they present yep. themselves, incredible. Um, Impact did something similar where they just, you know, did that whole show. <laughs> and, like, um, that stuff's cool, man. Like, you have to change stuff and you have to be unique. You can't just keep trotting the same thing out there all the time. And uh, that's how these, I guess, smaller companies, you could say, are going to get over with the fans. It's going to be really cool to hopefully see talent keep doing that or getting creative license you know i i don't know when that started maybe it could have really started from matt hardy just going all out with yeah. the uh the broken stuff at impact and other people saying you know what we should try other stuff if it works it works um you know it's really weird that wwe when they do that, it turns out into a, a cuck angle, but, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't understand how that works. But otherwise, I think it's a uh, it's been a very good year for creativity, well, for sure. Well, you see, brother, when you're running one cuck angle, the best thing to do is run a concurrent cuck angle. And that <laughs> that's going to pop the numbers. That's definitely not going to cause like 500,000 people to stop watching your show every week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's you're really there for the beginning and the end of the cuck angles. Everyone knows that. The, the, um, the one other thing I had for 2019 um, is the rise of more than one super indie. So like this might be a little bit obscure for some of our listeners, but for a lot of years, PWG has been the predominant, like that's your go-to next level independent wrestling promotion, right? That's where you have Bola. You get a lot of, a lot of the people we see on the main stage of WWE at one point came through PWG. Pretty much all of NXT is like yeah. top guys right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the rise of Game Changer Wrestling and Beyond Wrestling, I think have been 
absolutely incredible. A lot of the talent you're now seeing on AEW every week, like the Butcher and the Blade, Joey Janela, Chris Statlander, they're all people who came through those systems. And now we're getting to a point where we have multiple like top-level independent promotions that we're going to see a lot of future stars come through. So that's going to be kind of cool. It's almost like um, AAA baseball where you're just watching this guy's like, ah, oh, this guy's got a mean curveball. This guy's going to be great. And you just get to see that now with professional wrestling, which is something I don't know outside of NXT that we've really gotten to see over the last few years. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you there. The indies, like, in general have been fantastic. And now you're seeing some contracts pop up for a lot of guys where it's like, no, eh, they might not actually sign anywhere. Like, go somewhere else, build your value even more. Yeah just traveling the indies and still make a ton of money and get better exposure. There's no longer just one option in professional wrestling. Yeah. The, the indie thing has been really crazy. I never thought like that I'd be interested in going to an indie show, possibly in like Seattle or Portland, but now it actually like, if I'm there and like, wow, I wonder if I could go to one today, that'd be really cool because there's so many, you hear about all these names and they travel all around <clears throat> These promotions have been really good about getting top indie guys uh, to come in or top guys that you know will be signed um, to come in along with the local talent. It's been pretty crazy. I, I really never saw that coming, uh, especially with all of these promotions popping up, um, especially the major ones and all the signing that's going on. I never thought like, hey, I don't need a contract. I'm just going to travel around. I never thought that pop up. It's a weird throwback to the old territory days. To a certain extent yeah. where you can have someone like, um, well, let's take El Phantasmo for an example. One weekend he could be working for New Japan and then the next weekend he could end up being working for Revolution Pro or Defy or really anywhere. It's You wouldn't have seen this like th even three years ago. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and then it, it's kind of uh, ironic that you know, you brought up PWG, but I know that American Legion Hall or wherever they have their events, like they close that down finally. Yep. But it's like, it's like a gateway. Like it's like it opened up this gateway for the indies to just spread out everywhere. <laughs> so yeah, um, super cool. I'm glad that, you know, everyone's getting a chance to watch wrestling at a good price, high quality wrestling with good views, all that fun stuff. And, so that's cool. Um, Joey Ryan's one with bar wrestling, right? Yep. Yeah. That Those cards are always stacked. Yeah, they're always yeah. fun. And some of these other companies, you know, are looking at it like, and the talent are looking at it and saying, okay, I could go to WWE and that's where I'm going to be and I'll get paid or whatever. Or I could go maybe to AEW or I can go to Impact or somewhere else and also work at another one of these big yeah. companies. You know, having those contracts where you can go either way, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it can be scary. Like, I've been hearing that John Moxley has like an out after a certain month, month. next year yeah. which oh. could be kind of scary like he can opt out essentially out of his contract um you know if that if the things are not going well that would be a bad look he'd probably just go do more new japan but um the fact that he can go work new japan and jericho can work new japan that's that's wild like that's not an option yeah. in wwe yeah that's, yeah i can imagine <laughs> it was hard enough for those guys to go back down to nxt yeah yeah like it's gonna he's gonna be a like Jericho is the champion, the face of AEW right yeah. now, and he's gonna be in the co-main event of New Japan. Insane. Keep Wrestle Kingdom, and I was like, yeah. well, um, he better not be doing the favors. <laughs> well, well, even that. I mean, they have a show on January first, and then both Jericho and Moxley will go over to have matches at Wrestle Kingdom. 
Like, yeah. Incredible. That's awesome. Um, so what next? What are we doing next, Jim? You've got the well, the list, the key, and the notes. The list? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, since we're talking about 2019, let's. Uh, I think we should take a step back and look at how many things we got wrong about this year from our predictions. I love it. You always got to start with wrong. You don't want to be like, look, we were right about this, this, and this. I don't want to be Meltzer. I want to be wrong here. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see how close we were. That's it. We're playing horseshoes. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, to remind the listeners who might not remember our show from like 12 months ago, uh, basically the way predictions work is everyone got three at varying levels, uh, a lock. Uh, this might happen in a, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and hope something hits. Um, who do we want to start with? Do we want to start with Ant? Because I think Ant's yes. the most interesting one. Now let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. In other words. Uh, okay, so uh, prediction number one was Heyman has a big 2019 and creates a new faction. Ooh. Kind of. He gets 50% on that, 50%. I'd say. Yeah, because he was hired as the executive director for Raw, but he just remained as Brock's mouthpiece. Yeah. Um, the next one, Chris Cyborg versus Ronda Rousey in the WWE. <laughs> Damn, I will do not want to see that at all ever. It looks just so bad. Now. And she, and every time terrible. you look on Twitter, she's trying to get booked by WWE. I, I hope they're just looking at it like, oh it's no, pathetic. it's really it's so sad, pathetic. real sad. Um, yeah, Ronda left after Mania, so that also didn't help either. Yeah, um, just, no chance. Uh, and the final one, the the shot in the dark was Shawn Michaels has his first singles match in a really long time in 2019. Oh damn! I thought we were somewhere close to getting one. Very close. Very close. Damn it! He took that Saudi blood money tag match, but stayed uh, <laughs> out of the singles territory. <laughs> damn it! But that's a hell of a prediction, honestly. Yeah, that was to good. be like Shawn Michaels is getting back in the ring. Holy shit! I gotta give you at least seventy points for that. Yeah. Geez. So we're gonna we're gonna give uh, out of three, we're gonna give Ant one because he was half right on two of them. Yeah, um, I would definitely go. take that. All right, let's move on to Rich. Um, Chris Cyborg. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? I should get zero. That was such a bad take. Just don't give me a point. It looks so bad right now. Looks so Rhonda terrible. looks bad enough. Oh, I really God. wish I would have taken a photograph of my face when you said that originally, because I can remember me being like, <laughs> what was what? I thinking? I don't know. It's great. Um, okay, oh. let's go to Rich's uh, predictions. Uh, the first one. Randy Orton wins the WWE title. Should have. Didn't happen. He faced. He didn't the whole year? That's impossible to do. (laughs) (laughs) They have two titles and he couldn't win one? He almost beat Kofi. Yeah, that's that's as close as it got. He faced Kofi for the title, but he didn't win it. He should have won it, brother, at some point. Um, Let's see. The next one was Seth Rollins has an extended title run lasting nearly a year. Didn't happen. He had multiple title reigns, but yeah, no single long ones. Damn. Uh, Poor Rollins. He kept up his streak of losing on Twitter, though, so that kind of counts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I feel bad for you on this one, Rich, though, um, because this one, as you alluded to, kind of got busted way early in the year. Yeah, Bel- thanks a lot, Vince. Velveteen Dream, Ricochet, Undisputed Era, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa all don't get called up. And I made a point when we talked about this to make sure it was everyone. No one, none of these people could be called up. (laughs) Because I didn't want Rich being like, well, it was only one person. No. 
Ricochet fully called up. Alistair Black, he wasn't on the list, but he was called up. And then Gargano and Ciampa made minor appearances. Damn. Yeah. So they were, good, they were supposed to win the tag titles until, remember, with the Ciampa that got hurt again? Probably. Yeah, Always one of them. Yeah. They, were supposed, they were supposed to have a match with the Revival, I believe. Oh, that. Yeah, Fast yeah. lane or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I marked you as 0-3, because those were all terrible. Oh, rough. <laughs> let's, At least I got the Jameis prediction right. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, let's move on to uh, Brandon. Um, you had some good ones. Um, Money in the Bank winner holds on to the case for an extended period of time. <laughs> Didn't happen. Brock had the, ti- had the Money in the Bank for 56 days. That's a lot of days. <laughs> That's... Uh, I guess we should have marked extended. That's like exactly. eight episodes of Raw, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it depends. So that's probably like one. Right, he didn't hit the hundred mark. I'll I'll take the L. <laughs> um, New Japan Pro Wrestling loses steam in the U.S. Growth down ten to twenty percent. Mm. So they did have the G1 in Dallas, which was very well received. They had the Super J Cup in the U.S. They announced a U.S. division. They ran more U.S. shows this year. I'm going to leave it up to you guys whether you think that is, uh, if that happened or not. Didn't they struggle with ticket sales yeah. in all of these, mostly? I think there was a few in there, yeah. But I think they... Whereas I think, before, it was like instant sellout. I think they sold out the G1 in Dallas, but I think some of the smaller yeah. shows might have had a little bit of trouble. Because they didn't... They didn't try in those smaller shows. Yeah. yeah. Well, they had the passport issues too. For, was that, the so they say. Hmm? They just try to pop these guys for this stupid U.S. division they're running, which no one cares about. Um, yeah, I'm going to take a half a point on that. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, give you a half a point on that. Really fair. I give them three quarters. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> all right, and the final one, and one I'm going to mark has happened. We hear rumors of internal conflicts at AEW. So oh, yeah. the two of these I mark, and, they're, and I'm, I'm doing the little half and half hand shake motion here. Um, the yeah. one being, uh, the big one I thought that kind of counted was everything revolving around Kylie Ray's departure. There was a lot of rumors about that. A lot yeah. of like, what happened? Is this a situation where Cody, something happened with Cody or did Brandy bully her out? And eventually we found out like she just left. She just it wasn't her thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I also marked it as Jer- uh, out of Jericho having that conversation with the tag division and specifically calling out the Lucha Brothers for being really bad, bad at tag rules. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I knew Jericho was going to be an issue. That guy's crazy. I think it's good that he called them out, but again, it kind of falls still into that yeah, little internal conflicts. Oh, and then Jimmy Havoc getting uh, beat up by Excalibur. Yeah. Seriously, what the hell is that? God, they made a good oh, they made a good man. reference to it on BTE where Jimmy Havoc's like, if I want to get drunk and have a bar fight, I'll get drunk and have a bar fight. So <laughs> that's uh, and then you now you have the young bucks, you know, deleting their Twitter. Yep. And I don't think we're actually. I mean, I think that I may have been a little early on it uh, because I think we're still waiting on Jericho to fully mess yeah. things up. Mm-hmm. So when he starts touring again with Fozzie in the spring. I think that's where we're going to really see some issues. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, let's move on to me because I didn't have a bad year, but I also didn't have a great year either. Um, <laughs> uh, Will Offspray wins the IWGP Intercontinental title by year end. That didn't happen. He won basically everything else, but yeah. not the IC title. No points awarded. Um, 
Becky Lynch gives Ronda Rousey her first singles loss. Didn't happen. Of course, Becky pinned Ronda in the triple threat at Mania. Oh, so close. Very close. Um, and then something I'm marking has happened. At least three notable promotions announced that they're either closing up, closing up or just completely shut down. Russell Circus in the U.S., Defiant, Southside Wrestling, and IPW UK all closed down over the course of the year, all of which are significant for their specific regions. So, Yeah, I was very surprised about the Wrestle Circus thing because didn't they just like kind of close up and everyone's like, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> I just, they, it, was, they, it wasn't like, uh, hey, we're going to be closing in a few months or anything, right? Yeah, the Wrestle Circus situation was especially confusing because they were about to have a show and then the talent on Twitter started announcing that the show was canceled and then they started looking for emergency bookings the owner went like a wall for like a little bit. And then eventually he came back on and said like, I can't do this. It was absolutely yeah. bizarre. Um, no good. And then South ROH will be there soon, brother. Don't worry. Well, <laughs> might be, might be in the cards for the 2020 predictions. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those were our predictions for the year. So not bad. Yeah. We need to get a little spice here next time. Yeah. What do we got next? Um, should we go to our awards? Let's do it. All right. I wish we had like some fancy music to play under this. But we <laughs> Seriously. Don't. Rich was in charge of music. He just didn't know. So. Yeah. Um, all right. It happens. So let's start with um, 2019's Breakout Wrestler of the Year. Um, and we had a bunch of, of criteria. I'm not going to get into it because it's a lot of words that I don't want to read. So um, let's review last year's winners. So last year's winners of the Breakout Wrestler of the Year, I had Buddy Murphy. Rich had Jay White, and uh, Brandon and Ant had the Velveteen Dream. Yeah, and I feel like Jay White has definitely uh, continued that momentum, and no one else has. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Buddy Murphy kind of has been around, but not very present. Velveteen Dream has been out for months now, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. so Brandon, you want to start us off with your breakout wrestler of the year? Yeah, this one uh, for me, I mean, really, I was like, you know, it should kind of be Will Ospreay, but I mean, that's not really fair when you're that big of a, a name. Yeah. Um, and then I also thought Keith Lee could have been for what he's been doing over the last few months, but uh, I think it, it's going to be Darby Allen for me. Yeah. <clears throat> he, he went from like intriguing prospect to star very fast yeah and now i feel like you have to watch him so i'm gonna go darby allen he was amazing um my second place really would have been uh mustafa oh uh, yeah Ali. so if he hadn't gotten hurt i think that he would have been my breakout star yeah it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if he would have gotten that kofi spot like if yeah. he would have been the one on the main stage and then that adds just a whole new dynamic to everything that would have followed yeah um cool darby allen's a great pick uh rich you want to go next oh yeah um we're gonna go with the best hill in the business uh maxwell jacob fright friedman friedman wow <laughs> mr mjf wow yeah maxwell jacob yeah, friedman he's fucking great i don't know if you this, yeah, i don't know if you know this rich just, but uh mjf is better than you and you should know it no, yeah. What did he write on your picture, Jim? That uh, oh yeah, he signed for you. Oh shoot, I'm looking at it right now, but I'm in an angle. 
he said, uh, so, hold on one second. Let me adjust where I'm sitting here. <laughs> I need to hear oh, yeah. it because uh, it's great. To dick face, I am better than you. <laughs> and then after he handed it to, uh, to me, he told me to go kill myself. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah, he, yeah, he's great. Yeah, that's it's self-explanatory. He's just give him the mic. And it yeah, doesn't matter. He's gonna yep. cut up crazy. Twenty, twenty-three yep. years old. Insane. Oh god. And he signed a five-year deal. And he's already better than about eighty percent of wrestlers when it comes to the microphone. His in-ring stuff still needs work, but man, he is so good on the microphone. It's not fair. Yep. Nice. MJF is a good pick. Ant. Um, my breakout guy. I'm gonna go with Matt Riddle. Oh, I and I know you guys probably, you know, I know you guys followed him a lot closer than I did before his appearance um, in NXT. But a, he was really intriguing from the first time I saw him. I think he's really different. Um, his name has just kind of been out there, and a lot of different things. The whole Goldberg thing is funny. <laughs> um, I don't know. He's just different. Uh, yeah. And I thought he had a really good year. I, I really like Matt Riddle. Yeah, I think 2019 was a very, very good year for Riddle because, as, as you kind of said, like, unless you were really following him on the independent scene, you he might not have even come on your radar. Yeah. But yeah. he had a bunch of, a, a bunch of really good matches. The TakeOver one with Finn I thought was pretty good. Um, I thought the Velveteen one. The Velveteen one was, was super yeah. early. That yeah. was, That's when I, I don't I really... understand how that those styles were going to work. They didn't make sense. And it just was awesome. <laughs> and he just seems like the most delightful of person, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, his Twitter game's strong, too. Oh, yeah, yeah real strong. Um, all right, Matt Riddle, that's good. Uh, my, uh, I'm surprised no one said this, really. Um, he is the most over guy in the world of professional wrestling. There is <laughs> nobody Rips. like him, and that's Orange Cassidy. Oh, see? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Without yeah, a I, shadow I of a doubt. Like, yeah. on the main stage, like, kind of we talk about in the sense of, like, Darby Allen and Matt Riddle and, and MJF, like, unless you were following him on the independent scene, he was a complete unknown. But as, as Brandon can attest to, when he came out at double or nothing and threw those kicks at Tommy Dreamer, a star was born. That <laughs> yep. crowd was absolutely insane. On their feet. On their, on their feet. And then even if you go back to the last episode of AEW Dark, when he got potentially the hottest tag of our generation. That was ridiculous. <laughs> that was nuts. I could not believe it. You could tell Joey Janela on commentary genuinely was shocked by how loud that crowd was. And then even the crowd, like when he hit the Tornado DDT on Pac, the crowd didn't know how to react initially. Because they were so conditioned... <laughs> To seeing this guy throw a couple of like soft kicks and then just getting murdered, that when he actually and he stuck that DDT. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. The cell by the cell by Pac was just <laughs> well. And then if you look outside of AEW, Orange Cassidy was a two-time IWTV Independent Wrestling Champion this year. He held the title for a combined 250 days, beating folks like Joey Janela, Chris Dickinson, Eddie Kingston, Kylie Ray. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Great year for Orange yeah. Cassidy. Super fun watching him. I'm glad uh, glad he did have that. So I mean, you can't. Right you can definitely argue like pretty easily that he was the breakout star of the year. So oh yeah, for when, sure. When you've got little kids dressing as you in the front row, <laughs> like full out denim, glasses, just incredible. Um, my runner up was MJF. 
Because, again, kind of to the points Rich said, he's just so good. And I think that now that he has that national form, like, it's a whole different ball game for, for him. Yep. Lots of AEW. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So that was our breakout. Um, any additional thoughts before we kind of move on to the next category? No, it's good. I think uh, the, you know, we're seeing it basically because what we talked about in the intro is just that extra exposure that guys are getting now. Um, we're able to see talent um, not having to fit that same mold mm-hmm. as everyone else. Um, so a lot of different styles. I think that's that's definitely helped as far as uh, recruiting and looking at new prospects. So that was pretty easy to go through and find a ton of people. Picking that one or two was the difficult part. Yeah, it really was. Um, and, and I feel like a lot of these guys could have also been potentially a wrestler of the year candidate as well especially if you look like darby allen he had a really good run on the indies this year as well um a lot of a lot of good things but let's move on no time to rest in the past i guess or something whatever (laughs) uh let's move on to tag team stable or faction of the year a category that both brandon and i believe might be the weakest category of of the year yeah not it wasn't fun even really looking at this to be honest with you like a lot of these guys had moments. Yeah. A lot of them are just like, why is this person, why am I even considering looking at this person? Exactly. This yeah. And you look at a lot of the shows, the, outside of maybe AEW, a lot of the tag divisions are really weak right now. Um, so last year's, last year's winners, for me, it was Grizzled Young Veterans. For Rich, it was Undisputed Era. For Bram, it was the Usos. And for Ant, it R. was... R. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace. <laughs> Uh, and then for Ant, it was Authors of Pain. Hmm. Mm. Some of those did not, uh, I think under, outside of Undisputed Era, uh, some of those just did not age well. Right. <laughs> really? You didn't like the Grizzled Young Vets this year? I think they did all right. Okay. Yeah, they were okay. Of course, the Usos and the Authors of Pain haven't been around very much this year. Mm. Right. But, uh, okay, so I guess, Brandon, you want to start it off again? I do. Uh, consideration. There wasn't a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to look at possibly um, just picking a stable. Yeah. But just to make it easy on myself. But I felt that was kind of cheating. Like I could have gone Bullet Club or Suzuki Goon. But um, damn, man. I'm thinking about changing my pick. Oh. <laughs> I'm definitely not picking Big Mommy and Nino Hamburguesa. It's <laughs> not going to happen. I did not like their matches this year. And it's definitely never going to be Rapongi 3K. I don't care how good their matches are. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with the Street Profits because of that ladder match they had. And because every time they're on NXT TV, um, I've really enjoyed them. I think their momentum basically got cut off with this whole weird Raw run where they just are like, you know, they were just backstage yeah. <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, they were having a hell of a year and in some really good matches. Mm-hmm. And they were really building like kind of an end zone cast. They'll never win type of thing. But I think they pulled the trigger at the right time and then just kind of some of those singles programs took over. So uh, the Street Profits for me are, are the best tag team just because I wanted to watch them every time they were on. Obviously, I think the Lucha Brothers are going to be like your most entertaining got to watch it every, you know i saw we saw them at double or nothing yep but um sometimes they're just up and down for me so i just i know that if i'm watching the street profits 
what type of match I'm getting. It's just going to be super fun. The crowd's going to be really into it and into their, their characters. And I think their character development is much better than some guys saying Cerro Miedo for the 55th yeah. time in three minutes. And before we go on to Rich, uh, I did have the same tag team Ooh. for most of the same reasons that Brandon stated. It's just that I guess I just boil down to the tag team I want to see most yeah. on TV. Um, and that's who it was. So, like, like I said, I had a hard time picking a tag team. Yeah. It really stood out. It was tough. I mean, Jim literally listed James Storm by himself as a tag team on here. <laughs> I did that a couple times when I was looking through the list this morning. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> Thankfully, they're obscure enough in names where you're just like, yeah, that sounds right. I guess that's a tag team. <laughs> Maybe. Um, well, since Ant, since you also had Street Profits, did you have anyone specific for your runner-up? Um, I had Undisputed Air on there. Okay. I mean, for obvious reasons. Which like iteration said, of Undisputed Air do you like most? Ooh. What two guys? Ooh. Who has the best tag team matches? Because I, I love Red Dragon. It's got to be Red Dragon, right? It's not for me. Oh. I love them, though. It's but wrong. It, it would probably I, have to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just love Roddy too much. So. Yeah, Roddy's great. <laughs> Kyle and Roddy for me would be the best iteration, but it doesn't matter. That's a tough question. Guys. Feast your eyes, you dork. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that might that might be my resting penis of the year, 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Uh, uh, we'll go to Rich. I'll, yeah. I'll go next. Um, oh, mine's easy. It's the new day. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, Kofi got the rocket finally strapped. Well. Because of an injury, got the rocket strapped on him. Got to the top. They came back. Uh, poor Xavier tore his yeah. Achilles. So we, I was excited to see what they were going to do. They were going to tease the Kofi heel, a turn, but they weren't going to do it. They were just going to keep teasing it. And then now they became the seven-time tag team champion. Or Kofi became a seven-time tag team champion as well. Yeah. yeah. I think when you look at like their January to now, it's just solid every month. Yeah, and <laughs> so. my nephew literally loves that. Like, <laughs> yeah, he loves their pancakes. He loves Biggie's dance. He just <laughs> he loves he loves the Trouble in Paradise movie. Always tries to do it. So, <laughs> so yeah, it, it has to be the new day. They they just had, they killed it this year. Yeah, they had a really even though I I kind of feel like lately they they kind of even though they're the SmackDown tag team champions, right? Yeah, yeah. The fact they had to even throw a question mark at the end of it's not a great indication but yeah. yeah no they've had a pretty pretty good year actually yeah, if you get yeah and they get their own commentator table too when they're on the yeah. on the commentary yeah. team <laughs> and just something to throw out there but didn't this seem like the year that for the young bucks just to take over oh my mm-hmm. god i don't even want to talk about it i I'm was just gonna, saying, i was like going to mention it it seemed like it was just kind of out there for the taking for them to just dominate and for everyone to go with young bucks they had so much momentum Going into double or nothing, and after double or nothing, even and though they, they even I mean like they could have just kept losing um, to the Lucha Bros, but like after that they should have just been beating everyone. Yeah. yeah. Given they should have been given all this time, I don't know. It it didn't make any sense. I don't know what's going on, but uh, it's more surprising to me that they're not in this conversation than any of the people we're picking that are winning. That's what I'm saying. It, with nobody really there, even. Yeah. I say it was just probably their ladder it's match. Not like it was tough. That it's... they knew their matches that I'm like, oh my god, that was dope. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know. It's odd. They it's it's weird. And it also didn't help that they didn't wrestle from January until May. But they had that run where they were doing run ins in the oh, indies yeah. that was incredible. <laughs> like yeah. Oh, yeah. they had this shit wrapped up 
by like May. May. Just fell off a cliff. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. It was always like, oh, check their Twitter, see which promotion they're at next. Seriously. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Yeah. And I, I think, although they have been losing, I think without them losing a couple of those, we wouldn't have gotten a team like Private Party, who I think might have also like been a candidate for breakout stars. Um, yeah. It's, I th- but I think to Rich's point, them not having consistent matches for a good part of the year, I think also kind of hurt that because we didn't get a ton of them like we did with someone like New Day or Undisputed Era or Lucha Bros. Yep. Um, who did you have as your runner-up, Rich? Oh, Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros. Yeah, they just put on crazy matches, but just the whole Jericho, like, yo, tag out, tag in. Yeah. Thing, <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't put them up top. Yeah. And they kind of did the little fuck you, Jericho, on this Wednesday. And like, <laughs> we're testing it on Dynamite in the opening match, but not tagging and stuff. To be a tag team, you got to tag, brother. Uh, <laughs> uh, for me, I went with Aussie Open, whichever variation you want to use. Um, they had a really, really good year, even though maybe they don't have the same spotlight as someone like the New Day or Street Profits. Um, they started the year as the Progress Tag Team Champions. They won the WXW World Tag Team Championships twice. Um, they were basically champions at any given point in any promotion throughout the entire year. Um, and then their feud as part of Schottenfreude with Fight Club Pro, I thought was really interesting, where they're battling an entire promotion for the control, very much like NWO versus WCW. Um, just a really solid year, even though, like I said, probably don't have the visibility. And again, this was a really tough category to even pick. So, Who do you have as runner-up? I had G.O.D. as runner-up. Um, nice. Because without oh. G.O.D., New Japan Pro Wrestling doesn't have a cha- doesn't have a tag division. <laughs> That's perfect. Literally, I love like it. the fact that Finn Juice, the combination of David Finley and Juice Robinson, are going to be their opponents. Uh, yeah. Even as much as I love both of those guys. That's a very that that's a division that's hurting by the loss of the Young Bucks. Yeah, in a big for way. sure. I mean, and even if you were getting God versus Young Bucks or God versus Evil and Sonata for like the fifty fifth time, it was still really good. <laughs> so I don't know, man. Uh, but yeah, definitely props to God. Loved everything they they do. Yeah, and Tomatonga, of course, is one of the most charismatic and one of the nicest guys I think I've ever met. So nice. Um, all right, so tag divisions done. We can move on. Then. Thank God. Um, what do we want to move on to here? Let's go. That's a good question. I mean, th- this is the tough part. Tougher than picking the people is figuring out which categories to go next. Um, yeah. Let's go with. Let's go with match of the year. I think that's no. A it's too early. Too early. Yes, too, no. early? Oh, too early. Too oh, early. We got to go oh, with oh. like the wool of the year, the oh. show, or the. The moment. You almost could say that that was an inadvertently great segue to Wool of the Year. <laughs> yeah. So let, I think this award does require a little bit of, of explaining because it's kind of an inside joke to a, a certain extent for us. So yeah. Wool of the Year is the award for the situation in 2019 that legitimately garnered a Wool reaction Wool? due to its like, know, uh, like it's just ne- awkward. Yeah, it was a, either a negative or controversial nature of some situation throughout the year, whether it be a individual uh, moment or a, something like an overhanging theme. Um, so, Brandon, what was your wool of the year? Yeah, so just to kind of give people insight here, just as to some things that were available, 
Uh, Joey Mercury shooting on ROH's poor yeah. management. Uh, Bully Ray confronting a fan at that Portland ROH show. <laughs> Hulk Hogan actually coming back, the originator of the uh, Wolf, uh, coming back to WWE. Uh, Moxley winning the, his IWGP title, then never defending it, then uh, vacating it. Stuff like that. The wild card rule. Um, man, this one was tough. There's so many good ones. Um, it's going to be, I'm going to pick the New Japan announcing a U.S. division. That's a good one. Uh, because that was basically just a fart in church. Everyone's like, oh. Like, it wasn't like, uh, like it wasn't negative. Everyone's like, oh, that's that's cool. But it's like, you're two years late. <laughs> what have you been doing? Like, I don't understand where they decided, what meeting, like, they, what prompted them to say, we need to start a U.S. division now. Let's do it. <laughs> like, AEW was already announced, right? Yeah, yeah. This yeah. was, I mean, this... This announcement came, like, in the later half of the year. Yeah, so they lose a bunch of talent, um, and they're struggling to sell out, you know, shows where they don't have their top guys there. And then they decide, hey, we're going to roll a whole ass division out here. Yeah. I don't I don't really get it, and I'm not interested, to be honest with you. So I think the, the reaction to them announcing that was my, my big moment. Um, but as a runner-up, it was Jordan Miles oh, going yeah. crazy. <laughs> like, I feel really bad because he should not, you know, who knows what's actually going on with him. But that was a little out of control uh, yeah. to the point where he called Jay Lethal and Uncle Tom for some reason. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and I think um, I think even to add on to a little bit of that too, especially uh, just in the last couple days, there was that incident with Io Shirai and NXT where something racist was yelled at her. Like there's a lot oh, yeah. of there's a lot of weird racist things happening potentially down at NXT and it's <laughs> really it. concerning right now. Yeah. So for me New Japan US division what the hell are you doing? Yeah. That's both of those are just phenomenal. Uh Rich, what was your wool of the year? Oh, um as you I don't know if you guys know, I I was watching Impact faithfully every week. And then them just recording a pay-per-view on Josh Matthews' phone. Badass. <laughs> hey, I need my phone. <laughs> oh. You're just like, uh, you're, you're a big wrestling company and you're recording it on a phone. So much. It just, it, I don't, I, I don't understand. I don't get it. Yeah, like, that, that was, that is very awkward. What? Like, if you just go back to watch the video, you're like, oh, like, he just grabbed his phone and that was it. Well, yep. and to make matters worse, too, is they were, like, partnering with a couple other, like, independent promotions for that show. So, like, yeah. they made them look bad. They made themselves look bad. <laughs> Ugh. What was, was your runner-up? It was just bad all, all the way together, all, all the way around. Um, my runner-up was obviously the WWE 2K20. Oh, oh yeah. God, yeah. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, it's not a good look. It, that I have my I was playing with my nephew. You couldn't if you were a tag team match, you couldn't switch to be your tag mm-hmm. partner. <laughs> like what? Like how, it was like, like playing ET on the fucking Atari. Yeah, so like I got the game and I was like, "There's no way it's really that bad," and it was. <laughs> it was. I mean, it it was a game so bad that there's now even thought that there might not be a twenty-one. Like, oh, the wow. future is in question, even, because everyone was like, they really kind of shit the bed on this. Yeah. yeah. No, it was, it's terrible. Yep. Uh, Ant, what do you have? 
This was the easiest. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> and uh, it was simply put the Undertaker versus Goldberg match. <laughs> <laughs> Not only the match, where the match took place, what happened in the match, it was all just a huge wool moment. You just wolfed yourself so awkward. Well, I, I Taker, Walt. Taker's fighting Goldberg. Walt. <laughs> It just, it, no, it was just a big wool moment. And was, then the whole Goldberg, it comes out, Goldberg concussed himself. Well, sounds like Goldberg. That was just amazing. And then Goldberg, he's going to be on this Stone Cold podcast, and there's a little preview, and they're doing word association. Have you guys seen this? No. no. So Stone Cold's like, we're going to do some word association. And he's like going through these words or people, and he's like, he says Undertaker, and Goldberg goes, "I owe him a receipt." Like, what do you mean you owe him a receipt? I think he owes you a receipt, brother. Killed the guy. Like I think you owe him some money or something. <laughs> Fuck. Years of his life. <laughs> oh, that's. I uh, even I have. A I'm going I'm to sorry. go watch that. that I'm going to watch that. After that's this. all I have. You no, that's perfect. You don't need a backup with that one. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need a moment here. Ugh, that was good. Um, my, I had a couple for my wool of the year, and it came really down to the wire. And then I had to have a very long think on it because I had to figure out like what one had the most unfortunate impact on me as a wrestling fan. And that was everything dealing with the situation around the delayed flights following crown jewel <laughs> i had a co-worker when i walked in one day it was maybe like two days after the whole situation he's like hey man what's going on with the kingdom and i was like wait well, what are you talking about like talking I about matt Damon? yeah he's definitely <laughs> not talking about matt Damon. he's like the kingdom of saudi arabia and i died on the inside i had to <laughs> i had to sit there for 30 minutes and explained the whole situation about their flight being delayed, about all the confusion. Was it a mechanical issue? Was it a hostage situation? And then everything that led to like the SmackDown after, just a giant wall. Because there was yeah. so much confusion around it. And it made like national headlines, which is yeah. nothing. It's not a situation you want as a wrestling fan. Because you're just like, God damn it, this just makes us look so bad again. <laughs> so mine was the whole KSA flight delay thing. Uh, my follow, my my runner up was Brock ending Kofi Kingston's title run in eight seconds. <laughs> I'm not shocked by anything like that anymore. No, yeah. it just doesn't do it for me. Eight seconds seemed like a long time. Yeah, it was just one of those things where you're watching it in real time. You're like, that that. Uh, of course it happened. And yeah. and even if you look at the fallout since, you rarely hear anything about Kofi's run, even though I thought it was, it was fairly good. He's basically just been relegated back to the tag division, a tag division that is very weak and about to turn one of their best teams into a comedy act, potentially. Um, <laughs> just ugh, just a giant wall. Just, yeah, that's fair. Ugh, gross. Um, let's, I say... Let's try to get some of this grossness out of our minds by talking about the moment of the year, that insanely positive thing that we thought was great. And we actually have winners from last year we can talk about a little bit, too. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, so we'll start with Ants, because I think Ants was the most positive of the bunch. Um, well, I shouldn't say positive. Let me reframe. 
his potential pick might be positive. But uh, Roman Reigns' health announcement. Yeah. That was a massive moment. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, there's not much more you can say about that. It was just one of the biggest things. Um, for Brandon, it was the execution and the success of All In. Uh, for Raw, uh, for Rich, rather, it was Carmella's Money in the Bank cash in. <laughs> what? That was a good this moment. Guy's such a mark. <laughs> <laughs> Carmella's, Carmella's. Cash. You guys remember when Carmella cashed in? Man, it must have been a down year. Yeah, the tough one. It was. Ugh. It's like asking, hey, you remember when you hit two red lights the other day in traffic? Like. <laughs> Kinda. Um, and, <laughs> and then my pick, the resurrection of Joey Ryan, which, if you don't remember that, it involved penis druids. Yep. Obviously, that was the moment of the year. So let's go ahead and give Rich a chance to redeem himself here. There we go. What was your moment of the year, Rich? Um... Well, I have a couple, but nope, I'm just going to run them down real fast. Number five, Dakota Kai turning on Tegan Knox finally. Cut his mic. Cut his mic right now. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. And then a couple of them just returns. Ciampa returning from his injury. Finn Balor coming back to NXT, coming back home. And then most importantly, Hiromu Takahashi coming back. And then, but the moment of the year was All Elite Wrestling officially being announced. Yeah. Yeah. That's that was mine the, as well. Yeah, it changed everything. Yeah. I remember watching it on YouTube, and I watched, like, they signed Jericho. They came out with Pac, Bad Boy, Britt Baker. They were all there, and they were like, oh, shit. And then they were, it was at the same place that Raw was at that night. So I, that that was the moment of the year. I so, think you might as well include all those, uh, like, the press conference they had at MGM yep. with Conrad asked if we were ready for something for about 55 <laughs> minutes straight. Are you ready for uh, But yeah, so... Since I uh, piggybacked off of Rich's picking the AEW one, and I thought people might... I thought that'd be a popular one. Uh, the other big moment for me was uh, the women's triple threat match at WrestleMania. Yeah! A historic yeah. moment. Um, good match. But yeah, them headlining WrestleMania. And the right finish. Yeah, Sometimes that seriously. Doesn't happen. You don't usually get that, but... Uh, I thought that was a great moment. Yeah, that, um, that was a really good. Yeah, moment. I, I think yeah, that was huge. That WrestleMania had some some moments indeed. Yeah. I'm going with Kofi hmm. uh, winning the WWE title. I think that was I don't know how many decades in the making. Too many. Um, just to see that there's finally like, hey, there's we they Someone's I know listening? there's a black champion like yeah. you know it's as a as a kid like yeah as i followed all these black wrestlers that were my favorites that i really liked or whatever and just having family that's also black and just you never see that and it's kind of, it's not disheartening but it's like your guy's never gonna win yeah yeah and um to actually see that happen uh was uh, really cool and the I moment was, was so right it was mm-hmm. perfect it, it just they you couldn't have got any better and it's yeah. because wwe didn't formulate it right <laughs> it exactly so natural yeah, it was uh, it was that situation. It was the thing that you know where he's a person of color, and also that he's a really good dude that's worked his ass off yeah. for a while. That's actually really good at his job too. And Daniel Bryan made it that much better. Also, oh, yeah. he was amazing in that match and in that program. Uh, so everything from that build, from Kofi getting inserted 
to the crowd getting behind him all the way through to the end where he's celebrating in the ring with his family and with the New Day was insane. And it's funny because if you were to ask before that happened or before he got hot, you know, who would be the, the last member of the New Day to win the title? It probably would have been him, right? Over you think you think Xavier had a better chance? Just because he's the younger, guy that Vince just said because we called seen, Zeke for like that's three months. True. No, am I wrong? <laughs> I would just think as long as Kofi's been there, yeah, yeah, I, he would have done I, it or not by yeah. that time. Yeah. I, yeah. I would maybe I would, I'm wrong. I would say if you flip it to the inverse of saying if you were going to look at those three, who would be the most likely? I think everyone would probably point to Big E, just because yeah. of his size. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of those are. Really good moments. I had the AEW announcement as my runner-up. Um, it was very close. It was very, very close for me. Um, I also considered Kofi's win, the women headlining WrestleMania. Um, but the one I went to with, I decided to go away from it being funny, you know, because that's not, you know, I did that last year. I'm not going to just rehash <laughs> things, right? Um, so for my moment, I'm going to take you on a, a minor journey here. It's August, ah. it's August 12th at the Nipton Budokan, and it's the final night of the G1. There's a six-man tag match featuring Kenta, Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii versus Bad Luck Fale and G.O.D. Kenta has just knocked out Tomohiro Ishii with go to sleep. It's very clear he's about to turn heel. He gets the mic, and right before he could speak, Katsuyora Shibata comes booking it down the ramp and absolutely destroys him. Like a guy we thought we would never see again in a ring after he brained himself headbutting Okada, you know, those time back. Absolutely looked like he was like ready for, like he hadn't even missed a beat. Like he had never been gone. Hit his like amazing corner drop kick. Goes to put Kenta in the sleeper hold. Switches up, goes to do the PK. Finally, the numbers catch up gets laid out and you get that amazing image of Kenta doing the pose, doing Shibata's pose while sitting on his chest surrounded by the bullet club in nuclear heat coming from the audience there at the Budokan. It was not only an amazing return, but it was an amazing heel turn that like is still having some impact. Like Kenta's right now, one of the best heels in new Japan and he's done a yeah. lot. And it was one of those things where I'm like, it's it's got to be Shibata and that whole situation around it, because I was no one no one could have expected it, right? Yeah, I, that almost one moment of the year for me, I believe last year because he did come out. Yeah, you know, I think it was at the G1, uh, but he came out like his music hit, and he came out and kind of you know did this little flat back and then did his pose and kind of got out. I thought that was amazing when he did that. So this year when he came out again and actually was in the action that was amazing yeah looked still like i said looked like he'd never missed a beat that right. hit that absolutely brutal looking drop kick and you're just like oh oh yeah that that's what he was like this is this is something and you can tell there's people just like probably look crying in the audience because yeah they so he's so beloved there so that was my moment of the year like i said my runner-ups already so a lot of good moments though this was a, a really good year for moments in general yeah. Um, some other ones we could have gone with too, since we kind of broke down some of the other ones with the Wolves. Um, how about Kota Ibushi winning the G1? Juice and Thunder Liger announcing his retirement. Um, the amazing 
go home promo from Cody Rhodes for full gear, where he basically harnessed his dad and probably one of his best, you know, promos ever. And then um, CM Punk returning for backstage, even though that's kind of been a dud. That was still a pretty yeah. big announcement. Yeah, that was cool. That's true. Oh, and how can we forget Kurt Hawkins ending a streak at WrestleMania? <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Um, moving on. Should we go to Female Wrestler of the Year? Yes, let's do it. Perfect. Female Wrestler of the Year. Last year's winners. For me, it was Tony Storm. For Rich, it was Ronda Rousey. Uh, for Brandon, it was Kyrie Sane. And for Ant, it was Nia Jax. Mm. Oh, Lord. Stay away from the women's division, brother. <laughs> so, uh, again, a chance to redeem yourself. Ant, do you want to go first? And because of that, <laughs> I'm going to go with Becky Lynch and play it as safe <laughs> as I could possibly do it this year. I will not be jumping off any ledges this year. Um, I mean, come on. It's Becky. I mean, what, what what can't you say about her? She's been absolutely amazing this year in every facet. Um I just don't know how you go with anyone else. I mean, I know it's just so easy, but she's been that good to where you still have to pick her. And she's still one of the most over women in professional wrestling, too. Like, you hear yeah. when she comes out, the second her music hits, you hear the crowd. It's yeah. just... Yeah, a sustained overness. Like, yeah. for yeah. how long How long has this been? A year. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, she's had the Raw title for, like, 285 days now. And it just hasn't got old. It, nope. It's just been great. Now, I mean, and she's become, she's she's the top person, the top person in that company. Like, if you're gonna say oh, yeah. in wrestling, yeah, absolutely, yeah. she was the top in in that company yeah. for the year. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna have anything, you're sending her. You're sending yeah. her to Dubai. You're sending her to any big thing happening in New York. She's charismatic. She is really good in the ring most times, you know. And then she's definitely shown that she's kind of a locker room leader now if we look at everything that happened with the TLC match and her kind of protecting Kyrie after Kyrie got injured like yeah yeah very strong very strong and safe pick yeah. and um i guess this is more of a personal one cuz i know you know many people um probably won't agree but um i thought Bailey like she didn't do she didn't do much but i'm saying her big turn and and shift from what was so safe and easy to keep doing. Um, I just gave her some points for, for turning there and, and doing something different, I guess. It was so easy for her to keep going down the, the, the same path she was going down, changed it up. Like I said, hasn't been a great year as far as, it, it, nothing special, but like I said, I, I like that she tried something new. Yeah, yeah, I think her heel turn really helped her as a character. And, and remember at one point she was a women's tag team champion and she, yeah. and she won the, the SmackDown title, so. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Uh, and she and she threw a fit at WrestleMania. Well, uh, uh, Rich, since you uh, since since you decided to pop in there, what was your choice? Uh, my runner-up is going to be Britt Baker. Oh, she was she was the face of the women's division AEW. Um, she gets she, a lot of stupid, unnecessary heat for no reason. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, she's a damn doctor. For crying <laughs> out loud, dentist. Yeah. Um, she uh, she just has a lot of pressure on her, and I feel like she's getting better in the ring. And they put her in a lot of high-profile um, spots, 
and it feels it's like really good uh, promos too, like the 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 pre filmed ones. Yep. ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So and she had the is she the only one so far to be on NXT TV and AEW TV? <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. So yeah, she. And uh, she's no. Just only gonna get better. No, that's actually incorrect. Uh, ref Aubrey Edwards was on <laughs> oh, both man. because she was featured in the Tegan Knox package. <laughs> yeah, so she's my runner-up, but uh, the woman of the year is easily Rhea Ripley. Since nice. since the launch of NXT on USA, she's just she's pinned Charlotte. She beat Bailey. Uh, no, Bailey. No, Sasha was in that match, and then she was a sole survivor. At, well. Technically, she was <laughs> she was the sole survivor at Survivor Series. She won the championship. She won War Games. Her yeah. last three months have just been fucking insane. Yeah, and she was good before that too. Yeah, throughout yep. the year. And she's jacked. She's now. she is she's like a superstar for sure. Like yeah. absolutely. And she's twenty three. That's fucking yeah. stupid. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like they need to give her that. 11. They basically put any other competitor standing like in like face to face with her and then yeah. the crowd is gonna pop yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah and they need what did bret hart get in 94 96 well how long was his contract from wwe like 10 years yeah they yeah. need to give that to her right now give her the mark henry deal <laughs> uh no that's good um yeah she also had the uk title for a short time in january yeah, yeah. it was only like yep. 12 days but yeah it wasn't very it. long I, I just didn't remember i was like just because the t- TV tapings and stuff, yeah. like technically, well, if not, her her title reign was 139 days with the UK Women's title, but a predominant amount of that was in 2018. Yeah, um, Brandon. Uh, so kind of difficult on this one. I didn't want to. I mean, this is like basically going to be called the Becky Lynch Award from like here on out, right? Yeah, because yeah. of the impact. Um, but since she's already been picked, uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna go. No, I'm gonna go with Becky Lynch. It's just it, it, it's right. It was it's that right. good that I just yeah yeah. yeah. She's like I can't over like basically superstar of the year, like overall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going Becky Lynch. Uh, my other considerations were Io Shirai, who had this awesome heel mm-hmm. run, and uh, her song's a banger. Yeah, her song's great. And Tessa, Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, Tessa, Ooh, Tessa yeah. Blanchard had a really good year insane she like if i think that if becky had of like had a tailed off or had like a weird year you know where it maybe only carried through half the year it would have been tessa for me yeah, yeah. she's she's about to get a seven digit offer should she's about to be should. the impact world champion too come yeah. january mm-hmm. sammy has to say about that pal mm. <laughs> he's gonna be saying it on his back brother because he's getting that one two three <laughs> Uh, my pick, have, I'm really surprised that my pick lasted um, because I thought this person would be picked. Um, Shayna Baszler. Yeah. I'm glad you went with her because I was going to pop that question up if nobody went with Shayna. I was going to say, what the hell? And, and my, She's had a great year. So, and for me, it kind of came down to between Shayna and Becky because it's, like it's been said, it's unarguable that Becky had a phenomenal year. I think yep. what tipped the scale for me a little bit is that Shayna's run this year in NXT was consistently good. She went in televised matches, she went 12 and 3, 10 and 1 in singles matches with her only loss coming what last week to to Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Um, 340 of her 416 day reign happened in 2019. She beat Kyrie Sane three times, Bianca Belair twice, Io Shirai three times, as, long, as well as Mia Yim 
Incandescent Array. And she's had the most dominant. Dominant. In and yeah. And when I think about Becky, phenomenal. But I don't think the outside of maybe Charlotte, the people she's defended the title have been especially strong. She had that really bad run there where they were running the Seth Becky. Hey, did you know they're a couple? <laughs> storyline that I thought kind of devalued both of them to which not her fault not her fault but yes yeah, as bad. a character keeping a kayfabe brother there you go um, <laughs> I thought Shayna absolutely was Shayna had better matches too, better matches honestly so and yeah. she's yeah, she did. and she's scary she's yeah. she yeah. she fully personifies like when you see her come out she kind of has this like dominating energy where you she know reminds me of like when i watch luka Doncic, i don't ever think he's going to be that good and he is mm-hmm. but Shayna, for me i'm like oh no is this match going to be good and it's always good yeah <laughs> and, i don't i don't understand why i think that every time she comes out I'm like oh shit is this going to be a good match well yep it's going to be great and one of the moments at least for her that kind of stick in my mind is where she's like hang choking bailey at survivor series wasn't wasn't yeah. that a spot and she just looks terrifying. And she won that match, too. She was put over. Although, you know, Becky ended up standing tall because Becky has to stand tall. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hogan got to pose. Hogan's got to pose. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then, again, Becky was very close second. And I think with a couple more months, I would have put Chris Statlander in this conversation as well because she had some really good intergender matches this year against a lot of really good top talent. But it was hard to argue between Shayna or Becky. Yep. I just want to throw a personal shout out to uh, Bianca Belair. Yeah. yeah, very good. Really like her. She was in that NXT Championship picture, and she's really, really damn good. Yeah, she was trying to kill Candice LeRae in that war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She. Mm. Um, all right. So, well, since we talked about female wrestler of the year, let's switch over and talk about male wrestler of the year. So, yes. So yes. last year's winners for me, Mustafa Ali. For Rich, it was Kenny Omega. For Bram, it's AJ Styles. And uh, for Ant, it was Braun Strowman. Before we actually give our picks, I, I, I have to ask this question. Does anyone have any of these guys as their winner this year? No. No. I think Kenny's had like six matches all year. No. Kenny's like not even in consideration, yeah. which is the saddest thing in wrestling. Which I think is absolutely bonkers. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, for this one, I'm going to go first because I don't think there is any other answer than the one I'm going to produce. <laughs> yeah, I think this award has been locked up for a while now, and that person is Will Offspray. Nobody had a better 2019 than Will Offspray. He was the Progress Tag Team Champions for a bit. He beat Kota Ibushi for the Never Open Weight Title at Wrestle Kingdom. He went to the quarterfinals of the New Japan Cup. He won the best of the Super Juniors. He's the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. He had he beat Hiroshi Tanahashi in the G1. He ended up Super J Cup semifinalist. Tied for fourth in the Super J Cup. I know that we don't like talking a whole lot about my dad and his star system, right? <laughs> but if you look at the five-star plus matches, he had five this year. Number one amongst anyone rated. When you look at 4.5 and higher, 13, number one, more than anyone else, three more than Kota Ibushi and Kazuchika Okada, this guy carried Bushi 
a guy who is just present <laughs> in the junior division to an absolutely outstanding, yes, I would recommend watching this match match. Like, and then he had, like, the, the, the like, 30-minute draw with Pac that was really good, the great match with David Starr. Like, 2019 was his. And like I said, I think this has been locked up for a while now. Um, and then didn't you see his match with Red? Say that again, brother. Didn't you see his match in Seattle with Red? Oh yeah. Oh God, yeah. How can I? Yeah. Uh, his. If you haven't had a chance to see it, it's on their YouTube channel. Opening round of the Super J Cup: Will Ospreay versus Amazing Red. One of, if not the best singles matches I have ever seen in person absolutely incredible and i would even go so far to suggest watch it on new japan world to see will's very very heartfelt post-match speech where he puts over red as the great he is it's absolutely phenomenal um and, great pick and then my runner-up was I, I i went a bit of the opposite direction with my runner-up i went with chris jericho um yeah. everything he touched in 2019 was gold like I said, yep. he sold a catch for he's selling a catchphrase for forty nine dollars a bottle right now. Like he everything he does, he's making stars out of just everybody and he's helping AEW reach heights it might not have reached. But yeah, that was my runner up. Okay. Uh let's go with Ant, because I don't feel like Braun Strowman had a great year, and I feel like Ant might want to also play it safe again. Um for me personally, I went with Adam Cole here. Okay. Um I just thought he put together a year full of really, really good matches. Um, has been on top there for a while, and uh, has kind of been the face of NXT there, man. I and and just I guess I picked him too because he surprised me a little bit. Like I said, I'm like a big WWE guy, so not big on the indies or kind of the outside world. Um, I don't know. The guy just proved a lot to me, and uh, I think that dude can really sell tickets, man. He's really, really good. Yeah, charisma, just. Everything's there. Unlimited, like the breadsticks at Olive Garden. <laughs> As the great Soul Train Jones once said. Um, and he had, a, he had uh, I think, two five-star matches this year as well. Yeah, he was, uh, he was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> who, did you, uh, who did you have as a runner-up? Um, just for the moment itself, and I know it, it's not really 2019, but I had to throw Kofi in there. Um, although what it was a lot of 2018, right? No, or, or was it 2019? Yeah, because it was all yeah, most of it was. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I threw Kofi in there for you know, didn't he? What was he? 180 days as the champ? Something like that, yeah. And yeah. that was went into. Did that go into 2018? No, no, he oh, won right. that at Mania. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, 180 days with the title. Like, I mean, he has ago, to be up pretty there. damn good. Uh, great year. Yeah, he really did have a solid ass year. Yeah. Even like post that, doing the tag stuff again, he's just been so consistent. Yeah. I agree. Um, Rich? This was a three-horse race. Um, third, I'm going to have to go with Jericho. He's just been great. He reinvented himself. He comes out. He, has, he created the inner circle. He even got to pick who he wanted in there, and he struck gold with it. Because they wanted to give him Lucha Bros. He's like, no. He's like, I need I need fighters. Like, give me LAX. Or what are they now? Pride and Powerful. And then he picked Sammy as his person, and then he got um, Jay Cagger. Yeah, and I was like, it's just a weird combination of people, but he makes it work. Yeah, and everything, any bubbly, anything, anytime he gets the mic, something fire comes out. So I, um, he he'd be my third, and then 
uh, it's Osprey. His matches were insane. But he just didn't have the stories like Adam Cole did. Who That's why he's the wrestler of the year. Oh, like his sure. trilogy with Gargano. He has the best super kick in the game. His match with Daniel Bryan. He pinned Daniel Bryan. Uh, he beat Finn, of course. And then he's great on the mic. Just a great year. He's, he's just, in the Undisputed Era. Yeah, he's, the Undisputed Era is like the top faction. He, he's just great. And I don't know. He, I hope he just He's stays. Mr. In. November. That yeah, was Mr. November. One of the most incredible runs I've seen in like yeah. five years. Yeah. Just like, Adam, we need you here, and we need you here. We also <laughs> need you here, and could you be here tomorrow? Yeah. And you're going to wrestle on all these days. And he did that all with a broken wrist. And Yeah, and they were all good. Yeah, and he did the gif of the year with um, Keith Lee. Yep. Yeah. When yeah. he <laughs> crushed him into the crowd. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Adam Cole. Okay. Yep. Good. Uh, Brandon. So Adam Cole uh, was my runner-up. It was very close. It, basically, it just popped uh, really, like I said, that November run was like, holy shit, how can you not consider this guy to be yeah. the best in the world right now? Um, there's really nothing that he did wrong, honestly. I just, when I watched Will Ospreay this year, I don't think I've seen anything that good since Kenny really started getting going. Yeah, That... I went back and watched these matches because I didn't have New Japan and I stayed away from it this year. And I've, I don't even know what to say, honestly. Like, yeah. that dude is out of control. He's gotten so much bigger. Um, he's added some nuance instead of, you know, just, hey, yep. this is Will, Will Ospreay. Here's what a Will Ospreay match looks like. And he had some hard hitting um, marathons <laughs> that I just didn't know. I didn't know he could get to this level. And I don't know what anyone else is going to do to be better than him. Besides, I mean, basically, injury is the only thing that can stop him from repeating. I think this year. That's what I'm going to say. To do all he does and stay relatively healthy, yeah, is is just insane. It's almost impossible. Yeah, it's and obviously he had health issues this year, and he still is absolutely killing it. Um, I couldn't you know, just like watching some of these matches. I was stopped what I was doing and was like, okay, well, I'm going to watch the rest of this because it started off so great. I don't know. I don't know how I I didn't believe really what I was seeing. Um, you know, like when I was looking at the ratings or listening to people talk about his matches, but that was a hell of a year. Um, so I I can't uh, can't really deny. It. Even though Adam Cole's my favorite wrestler right now, Will Ospreay is pretty much untouchable at this moment. He added so much to his arsenal without losing anything. Which yeah. is absolutely because, like you said, he put on a lot of size this year too, and yeah, he, he looks like younger, like early bullet, like not early bullet club Kenny, but early like main event Kenny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he and he had those multiple runs where he kind of flirted with the the heavyweight division in the New Japan Cup and the G One. He had an incredible match with Lance Archer. I don't believe I'm saying that, but I'm saying <laughs> it like. Yeah. Not, a, not a guy you'd initially be like, oh, yeah, Will Ospreay versus Lance Archer. That sounds like a banger. Like, But it was, and it was one of the highlights of that Dallas show, too. Um, yeah, it, the guy just another level. Yep. Not to go off on a tangent, but, man, I was really hoping to be sitting here and, and saying it was going to be Kenny Omega. Um, you know, getting on TV and, and, and exposing himself to a national audience. It just, 
it just didn't click for whatever reason. But yeah. I'm hoping for a great 2020 for Kenny Omega. Me too. I was hoping, and I would, to a way lesser extent, Okada had that kind of weird beginning of the year. Um, and then he gets, you know, he got the title back, right? And then it wasn't really that cool run that he's had before. But I think his presence, you can still feel every time he comes into the ring or like his entrance, his music, everything is still there. Um, and he's had some really good matches. He just didn't have like the complete year. But uh, it's really weird to see both those guys not really like top, top, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just, and it's one of those things where Kenny, Kenny did have some pretty good matches. I thought his match with Kip Sabian was pretty good with Jack Evans. His match with Moxley, where he, you saw a completely different side of him, having to be more yeah. of like a hardcore guy. I just think when you look at the volume, of matches, he just didn't have it compared to Osprey yeah. or Okada or even Coda, who I'm surprised maybe should be in this conversation, or even Jay White. Um, Jay White was definitely like dark horse there. He yeah. was incredible. <laughs> might be might be one of the best guys on the mic in general in the world. Yeah, like you you feel what he says, and it's really incredible. But I mean, yeah, it was just it was just Offspray. Yep. All good choices though. Um, uh, that's funny. We went two and two between Cole and Offspray. Um, yeah. All right, so we got two categories left. We've got show of the year and match of the year. Which do you guys want to go with? Show of the year, right now. Let's do that. Boom. Well, then I am going to let you lead off, Brandon. So let me make sure that this is the right one. But oh, it's, it hold was... on, hold on. I got to give us. I got to give the people last year's one. Oh yeah, yeah. I jumped the shark a little bit. Um, so for me, it was all in for rich. It was takeover Chicago two, for Brandon, Brooklyn four. And for ant takeover, new Orleans. Yeah. Those were all, those all still hold up. <laughs> yeah. Um, this year, I believe it was takeover. Was it takeover 25? The one in Bridgeport. Uh, this was Gargano Cole one. That was New York. Is that New York? Okay. Two out of three falls? Yeah. Two out of three falls. Yeah. Uh, also had, I believe, Riddle and Velveteen on it. And I think it had Walter and Pete Dunne. Mm-hmm. Um, with Walter defeating Pete Dunne on that super long title reign. Uh, you say Dream versus Riddle? Yeah. And also the uh, women's four, the four women uh, title match. Baszler, Belair, Sane. Yes. Yeah. Is Bel- it a triple threat or four way? That was, was that was far away. It was, was, was Sane okay. and Eo, I believe. Yeah, and Eo and Sane did the thing where they like did the baseball gimmick. <laughs> I don't know. That that uh, Cole and um, Gargano match, if you remember, wasn't even supposed to happen. It was supposed to be Cole and Ciampa. Ciampa gets hurt, and yep. they threw together. They basically threw together a package before that pay per view happens. Adam Cole comes in, and they put on probably one of my favorite matches ever. Um, and that two out of three falls just like really brought me back into wrestling. So uh, that's my that was my favorite pay per view. I could watch that all day. Yeah, that I'm with. Oh, go ahead. Oops. Sorry, I'm, I just wanted to add on there. I was with Brand 100. I just kind of went down that show, just match by match by match by match, and they were just all hard hitters. They were just all great. Just a great pay per view. Yeah, there was no break. Uh, there was no way I could go anywhere else. I mean, for me personally, like I said, I'm a big WWE guy, so um, this just far and away was the best pay-per-view. Just amazing. 
yeah, it it was a pay per view that also I'm surprised no one's mentioned it, but that show opened with War Raiders versus Alistair Black and Ricochet. Yeah. As well. was, oh my God, that was great. War Raiders <laughs> down. That was great. And uh, I mean, I was at Double or Nothing with you, Jim. It was a really good pay per view. I think a lot of people are putting into. I don't know. It's just like the feeling of Double or Nothing, not necessarily the content uh, that was there. It was really good. Definitely a contender for for show of the year for me. I'll put it as my runner up. Is that coming off the announcement? Yeah, that was that was the first one. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, that had huge buzz. Tons of moments. Uh, but I just think if I were to sit down and watch one, if I had a choice, I'd have to go with this takeover. Yeah, that makes sense. What was your runner-up, uh, Ant? Uh, I did not. I, my bad. I did not have a runner-up. Wow. I was so so uh, focused on that rise with that that <laughs> New York show. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Rich, um, I was going to go with the takeover in New York as well, so that'd be my runner-up. But my Matt or my. Uh, show of the year is easily halftime heat oh nice <laughs> that was that awesome was was <laughs> it was velveteen ricochet alistair black versus cole and diy yep in nxt it was a different setup than they usually run yep. well just they just had a different set. they just had a, they had bleachers and stuff and or on the camera side so it was that was my favorite match it was all finishers it was great yeah well, and, and then also the crowd was just Empl- employee well, was employees and their family yeah so you yeah. could see shana baszler like sitting in the back like watching yeah which is kind of cool yeah and it was better than whatever halftime show we got yeah for the super bowl exactly they should i hope they do that this year again they better they, they probably will they i would assume so um if they really want to spice it up they should put a title on the line too oh now you're getting crazy <laughs> getting, getting a little too intense um so my my choice is double or nothing and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that i was there um yeah it was consistently a really entertaining show like it started off with the uh the battle royal that involved the aforementioned orange cassidy spot that brandon lost his mind for by the way yes was that the first time you'd actually seen orange cassidy I've other... seen him uh, in a match, yes. Yeah. I like had basically seen him like do other stuff, but like yeah. seeing him in action, so to speak. I just remember, I think one of the reasons why I put this as mine is I can just remember you losing your mind as he's just like meandering around the ring. Yeah, he was was... just walking around the ring and then he sat down and I was just watching that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it had the good, uh, that also had the good Michael Nakazawa spot where you get the first introduction of him using baby oil. Yeah, which was fun, um, but that card I just had a really, really great time. I didn't. There wasn't a single match that I was like I didn't need this. The crowd was hot for everything. Um, you got the really good Joshi six woman tag match. Yeah. Um, you've got the five star Cody versus Dustin match that was very WCW and had that good moment right at the end where. He's like, I don't need a partner. I need a brother. Yeah. Um, and then the the AAA World Tag Team Title match between the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers, the Jericho Omega match, and then of course the moment that really sent ripples through the industry, John Moxley showing up, coming through the crowd, 
throwing Kenny off of the giant poker chips. Um, and then, of course, Brandon exclaiming, like, basically that every time he goes to Vegas, John Moxley shows up. Yeah. It's really funny. For real. It was great. Um, nope. Yeah, soup. That was just a, a fun time for sure. Yeah. I just, uh, I think when I see those other matches on TakeOver, I'm just like, these are amazing matches. There were a lot of, there was a lot of good stuff in um, Double or Nothing for sure. I think that the, the Kenny Jericho match, I, you know, you'd kind of seen it before. It was still good. It wasn't great. And I wanted a Kenny Omega match yeah. for my, for that like blow or for the, for the main, and then yeah. Kenny kind of gets gets his ass beat even more after the, yeah. the main. So it's like, damn! All right, no I, Kenny. I think I think I was able to because of the aftermatch stuff. I think I was able to forgive it a little bit for not being maybe better than the first one, right? But um, just an awesome pay per view, and even better because uh, I got to hang out with Bram and, and Sasha at it, which is something I rarely get to do. When I go to shows, as in will be the case when I go to Revolution in February. So, um, you never know, brother. Well, well, sold <laughs> sold out, brother. Um, oh, well. <laughs> you're gonna have to go to the Lavender uh, Festival, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> had to. Sorry, yeah. Um, my my runner-up uh, was um, New Japan's domination at Osaka Joe Hall. Uh, that was. The pay-per-view that featured Okada versus Jericho, Naito versus Ibushi, Offspray versus Dragon Lee, where Offspray wins the IWGP Junior title. Um, Tomohiro Ishii beat Taichi in a match I really enjoyed, actually, which was weird. Um, it was just one of those things, like, if I'm going to look for a New Japan show, that's the one I really want to look for. Uh, because Wrestle Kingdom was a whole lot of, we're about to leave, so we're doing the J-O-B. Yeah, what um, the hell, man? And that's another thing with Kenny and the, you know, oh, I don't even, yeah, we'll get into this in the next category. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, that was mine. That was my runner-up. I just thought it was a really, really good show. And one I'd probably go back and watch again. Um, all right. So I guess, is this the most important category of the year? I think so. I think Match of the Year definitely is. Because it's like, that's the one thing you're going to take from this year and watch again, probably. Or show someone. Absolutely. Um, let's start with uh, let's start with Ant. Um, did we wait? Did we have last? Oh year's? shoot! Yes, again, getting ahead of myself. <laughs> um, yeah. So last year's winners uh, for Ant is this Ant? Yes, I think it's Ant. Uh, Gargano versus Ciampa from New Orleans Takeover. Um, Brandon had Kota Ibushi versus. Hiroshi Tanahashi in the finals of the G1 Climax 28. Rich had the Adam Cole, EC3, Killian Dane, Lars Sullivan, Ricochet, and Velveteen Dream ladder match from New Orleans. And then I went with a personal favorite, which was the Calamari Catch Kings versus uh, Sexy Star from the Progress Coast to Coast Tour. Perfect. Who would have thought that a year removed, EC3... Lars Sullivan and basically Killian Dane would be nowhere near anything, legitimately anything. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, all right, so Ant, you want to go first? Um, I went with Gargano versus call it that New York show. The two out of three uh, fall match was amazing. Um, but as far as like a personal favorite, I know it won't be everyone's favorite, but just for what I look for in a wrestling match, um, I really, really 
my favorite match was the Cody versus Dustin match, actually. It was good. Um, you spoke to it. It just brought me back to, like, an old-school feeling. I don't know why. They got some good color there. Um, Too much like, damn Like color. I said, it wasn't, you know, the craziest off-the-top row. I don't know. I just loved what the story was and uh, the execution of the match. Um, just one of my favorites. Like I said, won't be everyone's favorite, but um, it just brought me back to, like, an old-school WCW feel. I just loved everything about that match. Talk about the Gargano and Cole match more, though. I want to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, what is there just what is there to say about that match? That I mean, everything was just so crisp in that match. Um, everything was like I'm trying to like the the way the crowd was was kind of interacting with them as well. Yeah. Everything was just perfectly timed, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I don't know. It was just it just left jaw dropping. Yeah, it felt like a that uh, felt like a movie to me. Yeah, maybe like that's what I'm trying to experience. say. It, somehow it was just like you said, like it's like they took they did it several times. Like yeah. that entire match somehow they did it several times and then the, they went out that night and just executed it perfect. Yeah. So I don't know how else you could do it that good. And just that thrown together, honestly. Yeah, and like you said, so it wasn't even crazy. supposed to happen. Uh, I that last, the last fall, like the last fifteen minutes of that match, were I, I don't know. Intense. It's almost unbeatable. Like you said, a movie, <laughs> like a, yeah. a scripted movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was. For me, I felt like it. It was a little, maybe too much towards the end, um, but yeah. it was still. <laughs> it was still. A very 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 good match and very much worthy of being in that match of the year candidates yep um brandon you want to go next yeah so take over new york that same match was my uh second player my runner-up um that like i said that match really got me to start watching wrestling again because i'd taken some time off of it and uh i was just in disbelief like <laughs> the the end you know there was a lot of there's the false finishes and stuff. I think that really... It just made Johnny Gargano look awesome. And I really, at the same time, would have loved if Adam Cole just won. So either way, I'm like, okay, both these guys can win. And it actually turned into me just being like, I want Johnny to win now. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, I want him to win. Um, the Like Ant said, the execution was incredible by both guys. You can tell they just are both fantastic wrestlers. And they didn't have to do a bunch of crazy stuff. Uh, to get over, they just had an insane wrestling match. Yeah. Um, I'm, I wasn't looking forward to Ciampa Gargano again, and then this happened, and it's like, I, it's just, it was a dream come true. And sometimes those like two out of three falls matches can feel like a certain type of way because you know yeah. it's coming. Yeah, yeah. And they still made it suspenseful at around every corner. I don't know. Well, yeah, and, really, really you, good. and you and you have to consider too in the bigger context of the time two out of three falls matches were very prevalent in the WWE because Vince was absolutely convinced that they needed oh, yeah. to get around the commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is very God. true. Yeah. Very true. Yep. Um, so my winner, uh, the G1 Climax Day 16. No, no, sorry. Uh, best of the Super Juniors Day 15. Will Ospreay, Shingo, oh, that was the best match I've seen in like maybe two or three years. <laughs> That was insane. I when Shingo jumped over the he so he jumps over the top onto Osprey and basically lands on the fucking guardrail. Yeah. <laughs> like that 
So it just start, it starts out like Osprey's kind of dominating the match, but it's a slow start, and they're like kind of feeling each other out. Osprey starts dominating the match a little bit. Um, Shingo's getting super frustrated, like he's powdering out. He's kind of looking around, like, okay, I got this. Don't worry, don't worry. Then he takes over and like is just a badass. Like he looks like a badass, and he started fighting the way he looks. Like he looked like a tough motherfucker. And he was beating the shit out of Osprey for a while. He starts pulling out crazy moves. They have that sequence that went viral, you know, all over the place. Um, that was the most fun match I've seen so long. Uh, just because of the style, you know, you can watch like Okada and, and Kenny. I feel like you got to sit down and kind of really appreciate it. This was like, you just turn it on and it's like, okay, this is great <laughs> immediately. So that's my that was my favorite match to watch. That was, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's number amazing. one also for me, sorry. Uh, Rich? Um, I have three runner-ups real quick. Whoa. Oh, I'm Jesus just going to run through them real quick. The the trilogy of Adam Cole and Gargano. Um, Ibushi versus my favorite, Jay White, in the G1 finals. And then Shingo and Osprey. That match was fucking insane, as Bram <laughs> said. It was insane. Like I was like, holy fuck. But it wasn't even the match of the year. No. The match of the year was New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax Day 13. Sonata versus Okada. Oh. <laughs> that match. That Meltzer, you get your eyes checked. That was six fucking stars. <laughs> Go back and watch it. That match was insane. Because I watched all those. I watched Sonata, Osprey. I watched all those matches. I don't know. For some reason, I watched them all in one day, back to back to back, and then I watched that match last, and I was like, holy fuck, that match was insane. I've not seen that match. Explain it to me. What what kind of made it so different? Was it just targeting? Just, was it... Uh, um, what's his name? Fucking Okada with his damn wrist lock. <laughs> and they were just... Count, uh, Sonata just kept countering it. He had his damn moonsault, which is... Like, he, I didn't see that man hit another moonsault. <laughs> it still fucking looks like a million bucks. Um, and he pinned Okada, so that popped gotcha. me, and because he never gets the pin Okada, I feel like ever. That man should be the champion already. He'll get there. <laughs> now he's already hurt again. He'll get there. Don't worry. God. He's winning the G one next year. I hope so. Well, they want to do that pro- that program with Evil, so we'll see. Yeah. But that was the match of the year. It just I I don't know why, but all of a sudden I just like when people grab, they get control. Maybe just Kevin Kelly. They have control with the wrist lock. And he has control of the match. Yeah, and then just Okada just trying to hit the rainmaker. Yeah, I don't. Okada just a great storyteller. I wish that Omega would just let him, just let him go one more time. Yeah, give them an hour and a half. I don't know. Can't even <laughs> wrestle that long anymore. Right, but no, that's a good pick. Yeah, sure. that that match was insane. I loved it. As as is everything in life, risk control is important. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um for me. I had some troubles with this one. Well, kind of. Um, because of all the traveling I did this year, I had the opportunity to see two five-star matches. The aforementioned Cody versus Dustin Rhodes, and also the absolutely bonkers ladder match from All Out between the Lucha Bros and the Bucks, where I legitimately thought Nick uh, Jackson killed himself when he went over yep. the top rope. <laughs> yep. Um, but... Both of my matches, my runner-up and my main match, involve uh, a common denominator, and that's Will Offspray. Um, my runner-up <laughs> is going to end up being the Super J Cup initial opening round match versus Amazing Red, 
I've already gushed enough about it. I don't really need to go into it any further. Um, my winner, though, I'm agreeing with Brandon. It is Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi. And it's not even close. Not even remotely close. That match involved so much. You've got two guys who are junior heavyweights? Question mark? Right. <laughs> they, Takagi doesn't look like he should be a junior. But he no. moves like a junior. And then you have Osprey, who is a junior, who looks like he should be a heavyweight and moves like a heavyweight. Um, and also just going into the Bosa final, the story, the overarching story that both were telling. Shingo was on a 92 individual win streak. He was 9-0 and in the, G, or in the Bosa. He averaged about 15 minutes a match. And you look at the other side, you have Offspring, 7-2, and two, averaging 21 minutes a match. Like, that six minutes might not seem a whole lot, but when you're going, like, night after night, it, it, it adds up. It adds up on a physical toll. That match, that final, went 33 minutes. Ooh, Th- it was insane. Absolutely <laughs> insane. You had every combination, as, as Brandon said, that incredible gif of that speed beyond belief being shown out of the two of just the reverse counter dodge reverse counter dodge dodge and then shingo jettisoning himself into kevin kelly's lap basically on that tope um it's one of those matches that absolutely you're going to point back to and like this is a match you show someone who's just minorly casually interested in wrestling and be like Hey, you want to see some really cool flippy stuff that also involves people potentially breaking their necks? Cool. <laughs> Let me show you this. Um, just out of this world. And then, of course, it just was a nice the, – the number one spot there for Offspring for his year where that's that's the highlight match. You, you, we talk about it for, like, regular, you know, other professional sports. What's that Hall of Fame moment? What's that key moment people are going to go back to and be like, this was the moment you knew this guy was an absolute star – and that's how it felt with that match for Offspring. And to a certain extent, Shingo. He's still very good, still kind of up there. Could be a heavyweight contender down the road, but absolutely just unbelievable. You don't you don't look at your phone. You don't write any notes. You're just locked in the entire time. Incredible. You uh, covered it exactly how I wanted to, so that's <laughs> perfect. I'm glad, I'm glad you picked that because I – I really didn't know which match you were going to go with. I thought it would be um, one of those. And I kind of was going to go Dark Horse, Jay White, Coda with you. But mm-hmm. I'm glad you picked that as well. <laughs> I, I, and I really did like the Coda versus Jay White, especially that moment. And it kind of was a, a gifable moment as well, where Coda lays in that palm strike and White just drops like a sack of potatoes. Like a dead man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like... Someone should have asked him if he was dead or not. Like, the... <laughs> damn is it. Uh, is it weird or interesting to you guys that not one one person um, called out a single match from a WWE like main roster? Not at all. Or anything like that? Not at uh, all. No, they're not. They just don't produce. Those. They don't let them. Even yeah. with you know you have AJ Styles, you have the Rollins. Like those guys are usually good for. One I think, a year, right? I think Rollins, like Styles, give us one. Rollins and Styles was good. That Money in the Bank's probably the only one that would. But yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Not one even mentioned. Yeah. Well, and I think if we even look back to the Kofi Daniel Bryan match from WrestleMania, it's mm-hmm. one of those things where it was a 
a, an instance of is the moment bigger than the match itself? Yeah. Like, am I, I am I going to go back and watch that full match, or am I just going to watch the last five or so minutes to watch Kofi win that and all the the reaction from it? And looking and looking back, I ask myself those same things, and a lot of times you're right. It was the moment was a lot uh, bigger than the match was. Interesting. Uh, especially, I thought the I thought that about the AJ Rollins match. I thought it was good, but I thought I don't know what everyone expected and was looking for was a lot bigger. Yeah. Well, and you, you could even put that to the, the women's triple threat just because yeah. we did have that kind of awkward pin. Again, the moment was great to see Becky holding up the titles and everything and getting to see the women actually headline the biggest show of the year. But the match was just, it was okay. It was good, yeah. yeah. It was just good. It was just good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, But those are all, I mean, all the matches we've said are absolutely phenomenal. And if you're listening and interested in getting into pro wrestling, should definitely go check them out yeah all of those just yeah. watch all of them they're great <laughs> yeah uh, did anyone have a match that was maybe you thought you would have heard someone bring up like brandon you kind of alluded to potentially me bringing up white or uh the, the white ibushi match was there one where you're like oh yeah someone's absolutely gonna mention this um no because i i thought maybe Ibushi and Naito. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't like it because it just looked too dangerous, to be honest. <laughs> it was like, yeah. honestly, I was just like watching it. I was like, okay, I don't really want to watch this because it just, it was just kind of stupid. You don't you know? watch Broken Necks? Yeah. And it's like, okay, I don't know. It's kind of the same reason I don't watch like backyard stupid shit wrestling, you know? Yeah. Um, because I like both those guys a lot and they're super talented and they don't need to do dumb stuff, you know? Um, so that one I thought maybe someone would pick because it was still, you know, really entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then probably the double or nothing tag match. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the ladder match. Uh, that would have been, was that, no, that wasn't a ladder match for the AAA titles. Was it, Brandon? No. 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 That was for the titles, but it wasn't, uh, wasn't the ladder yeah. match. And it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That Canadian destroyer on the, the apron. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's, there was tons of good matches this year. So, um, I think those are ones that I thought maybe. A lot of people at the moment I remember seeing on Twitter, and I didn't see it, but we're bringing up the NXT UK Walter versus Tyler Bate oh, match. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't like I said, about that match. I don't remember it. I don't know if I've seen it, but I just remember at the time, and I wrote it down that a lot of people were talking about that match being amazing. Yep, Gargano uh, Ricochet, also, I remember from Phoenix, oh, yeah. uh, is definitely worth going back and watching. Yeah, the Wal- I think I think for the Walter Tyler Bate match, it, I mean, it, it got a 5.25 out of Dave. Jesus. Like, like oh, okay. it's one of the highest. Old school. Like, yeah, he likes that kind of old school gotcha. type stuff from time to time. Tonight. <clears throat> but I think for, I think maybe why, to kind of go to your point, it kind of, I, I, I'll say it kind of falls by the wayside is because it was part of a weekend that was absolutely stacked. Like all yeah. out, all out was that same day. You had New Japan Royal Quest that happened that same day. Like you had three major pay per views happening gotcha. within the span of twenty four hours. So I could see it very, very easily becoming like, oh yeah, I forgot about that, huh? Interesting. But, but yeah, really, really good match. Definitely worth worth going back for. Oh yeah, that match. And that tag team match, the Grizzled Vets and oh, 
was on that card as Mustache well. Mustache Mountain? Mustache Mountain is really was good. Was it? Yep. Are Pretty you sure? They couldn't have been on the same card, right? No, it wasn't Mustache. Who did the... Uh, it, was, it was... It uh, was... Oni and Danny Birch? It was uh, Grizzled Young Vets versus Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster yes. from TakeOver Cardiff. Yeah, that match was really, really, really good too. Something, nice. something I kind of know, and maybe this is just me scanning the page, but a lot of these matches happened in July and August. Yeah, for mm. real. Prime time. Right. I'm, that's yeah. the only time I'm going to watch wrestling from now on. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice. that, that's our awards. That's perfect. That's a good yeah. way to wrap it. Um, tons of stuff to watch. Uh, and we'll see what happens. Um, we, we slowed down on the wrestling podcast because I don't want to put out shitty content where we're half-assed able to do it. So just doing these check-ins is kind of fun. So I think we should check in maybe towards uh, a little bit towards the beginning of the year as things kind of settle in, maybe right after towards towards Wrestle Kingdom right afterwards um, so that we can maybe get some new predictions in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and to, to your point, Brandon, I mean, one of the tough things about trying to do something like this is is stuff happens every day yeah yep. seriously there's every every day there's like a new that's sh- eh, ridiculous there's you gotta some, pick two and roll with it there's something new happening every single day i'm even like quickly trying to scroll scroll through twitter to see if there's anything like if anyone said anything stupid or <laughs> like racist anything that's come up well joey janela said that he's dropping he did say he's dropping nudes in 2020 nice Oh, yeah, we prob- gotta... probably related. That I... was going to be one of my predictions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. But we'll we'll try to keep up at least two quarterly check-ins, and then yep. uh, we'll, we'll go from there, especially after you go to, like, you know, a big pay-per-view and stuff like that. Takeover so, Portland. Yeah. Takeover yep. Portland. Yep, I'll be there for Takeover Portland and for Revolution, as well as just a bunch of other shows. I think I went Perfect. to, like, 50-some-odd shows this year, if not more. <laughs> and people <laughs> should uh, check out your, your Insta. Oh yeah, my new wrestling themed uh, Instagram that uh, wrestling photography themed. Yeah, wrestling photography go. themed, in which features one picture that I only have four likes on. Uh, but Shane Strickland has about a thousand. <laughs> Shane uh, Strickland stole it from you. That's how damn good it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you want to follow the new wrestling themed uh, Instagram I have, you can find me at Res Owl, W R E S O W L. Uh, it's a obviously wordplay, and uh, I have a thing about hating owls. I think they're the worst <laughs> things in the world because one attacked me once. Um, but, I, but I'm running with the Batman theme because you know in Batman Begins he got attacked by bats, and you know I'm there pretty you know. I'm pretty sure he hates what he's become, and that's kind of how I feel with creating this thing anyway. So um, yeah, check People that out. Should definitely check it out. It's cool. Go give it a like and a follow, and you'll enjoy seeing stuff pop up on your feed. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool pictures for sure. Yeah. And of some guys that are going to be future stars for sure too. Yeah. Like uh, going through some of them. I think right now I've got photos of Matt Cross from a couple years ago. Uh, Dave Turner, who is an absolutely phenomenal hoss of a man who wrestles here predominantly in the Pacific Northwest and uh, Matt Riddle and Shane Strickland. So cool stuff. And all right. You can oh, always, you I was going to say, if you just want to follow us in general, you can follow yeah. us at Spread Show on the Twitters, on the Instagram. Do we still have Rob running the Instagram? Yes. He uh, uh, just goes around liking people and asking them okay. to follow. It's great. Okay. And, and I don't, and Brandon, I don't need, I don't know who we need to talk to, but we got to deal with this mark of a social media guy we have running the live, live tweeting. I don't know oh, who yeah. this guy is. 
Holy people cow. love it. People are really interactive, and they really uh, mark out for for the tweets. Yeah, and we do have to shout out Becky Lynch. She did get us insane numbers at Comic Con. Oh yeah, that yeah, was great. Great. Yeah, yes, so, good work, good Rich. Work, Rich, of course, every Monday. <laughs> Definitely follow Friday. Yeah. No, I don't do Fridays. SmackDown's not very good. <laughs> wow. I barely watch it. Hot take. Well, Mondays. Go on Mondays, interact with us, and check us out. And just yeah. uh, if you like to gamble, yeah. check out. Every week we do different pods. Uh, it's football season, so we're doing those. And then we're going to be hopping into basketball season. Yep. So and, um, and weekly as, content. And as an added bonus, I breaking news, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put up our picks for our yearly awards and let you decide how right I was with all of mine. <laughs> Perfect. That works. Perfect. I can't wait. That I, we, we might have to sponsor it, get it out there a little bit more. A little bit, yeah. All right, well, thanks for hopping on, Jim. As always, check us out at Spread Show. Give us five stars on iTunes and Spotify. You can get us anywhere. And make sure you ask all your friends and family to listen for no reason to. Until next time. No Tokyo Dome. Five stars. No Tokyo Dome.